you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It is another episode of Tape Heads. Welcome back, Bob Wachusett, along with Dan Orlovsky and Scott Pioli as we break down football, hopefully crawling inside it from an X's and O's standpoint that you don't get from other football podcasts. And guys, the jumping off point, at least for this episode, Tom Brady, a surprising loss for the Bucks, at least to some, to the Washington football team. He didn't sound happy after this happened to him on Sunday. Fourth down conversion for Tampa. First and 10 at the 35. Brady throwing over the middle. That one's picked off! This time by Bobby McCain at the 40. He is run down at the 32-yard line. An overthrow by Brady and his second interception of the quarter. All right, let's get to the Bucks, guys. The disappointing loss, but I don't know, maybe Scott, the supporting cast. But what was it that strikes you about this Bucks team? They have also added a lot of firepower to that offense, a lot of name brand players. What about the team that they're building around Tom Brady? And do you see any, you know, maybe cracks in the dam? Uh, you know, I don't. I think it's too early to say it's cracks in the, in the dam. But something I was paying a lot of a lot of attention to in the off season, and just was looking through a different lens than I think a lot of people on the outside when they did a lot of talking about. Oh, we got to get the band back together, keep them together, make sure we bring everybody back. And I am all for that, right? If you want to repeat as a champion, you have to be better than you were the year before. So now you're going to start bringing back players that need to improve. However, the one concern that I had was a lot of the players that they started bringing back were older players, key players that were older. Right now, the 53-man roster of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has the most players that are 30 years old and or older than any other team in the National Football League. It's a great stat, Scott. And some of those players were key players that they signed this offseason to one-year deals and that are missing time. It's JPP, it's Gronk, it's AB. They have mid-season injuries, so they bring in Richard Sherman. He pulls his calf this past weekend in pregame. And I think part of what happens is when you have older players, it brings on this entire new management philosophy. You have to manage players differently. Practice reps, you know, as the season goes on, the trainers need to get involved. The player performance people need to get involved. The coaches have to pay attention because when you have older players, the blessing is 
more experience, the curse could possibly be age. And as they started signing all these players, I'm thinking to myself, okay, repeating is about not being as good as you were the year before. Again, you have to be better because you are now the targeted. You are the hunted. So watching when they were doing this, I said to myself, boy, they really have to make sure that they create some depth and understand that there may come a point in time in this season where some of the older players are going to need time, get out of sync, miss practices. You know, can they miss the practices and come back to a game and be ready? And it's one of the things that, that, that I'm seeing with this football team now that I think, unfortunately, may be coming to fruition. I, when I look at this game, I think the first snap of the game is very telling. First snap of the football game, the Tampa Bay offense false starts. Yep. Your mind's not right. You, you, your mind's not right. We're, we're not locked in. Then we go to like nine minutes and 57 seconds to go in the first quarter. Leonard Fournette drops a ball. Your mind's not right. Very next play, dropped ball, becomes an interception. Okay, we, we, are, we obviously did not decide to show up to play a football game. And offensively, Tampa Bay-wise, I thought the effort on the offensive line was their worst of the season. And I think the overarching philosophy or the theme is, I don't care how talented you are. You guys know this. You can get beat by anybody in the NFL this year. <laughs> anybody, okay? In the NFL this year in 2021, you can get beat by anybody. So their offensive line effort was poor. They had seven drops, seven. Two of the drops are interceptions, uh, dropped interceptions on the defense. And then one of the drops becomes an interception for Washington. I mean, that's a swing of three takeaways, so to speak. And so I think offensively, it was a lack of focus. Um, I did, they didn't protect Tom very well. Uh, Tom obviously sails one of the interceptions over the middle field trying to get the ball to Mike Evans. Um, I, I thought that defensively, the effort in tackling was embarrassing. You know, like there's a third and 14 play for Washington. They kick a now route, which is receiver stands five yards from the sideline. He takes one step forward when the ball gets snapped and looks at the quarterback. So they kick it out to him on third and 14. The corner comes up. All he's got to do is fall in front of the guy, and it's going to be a punt situation for Washington. He uses an awful angle, lunges at the receiver. Now, listen, I've never done this. I'm not trying to minimize it, the, the challenge of it, but we see this tackle get made on a relatively consistent basis. And he goes for 13 yards. Washington gets to go for it and converts. You know, the, the tackling effort was bad three times. This defensive line jumped off sides to give a first down to Washington. Three times. Another time, it's third and 13. They jump off sides. It makes it third and eight. And they get a nine-yard conversion. So I, I don't want to, I'm not sounding the alarms on Tampa as a football team. I think it was one of those games where they just did not have their minds right to go play an, an NFL game. I will say this. I do think it's fair to us to start going, is this defense going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl? And I know they're missing pieces, but we're in the middle of November. Like we're, we're, We want to start rounding into form a little bit. I can't sit here and praise New England for rounding into form or praise Green Bay defensively for rounding into form and not talk about this defense. And the two things is, and, it, and you guys know it's it's – Kind of like the imperfect storm. They can't get after the quarterback and they can't cover. You can give me one of the two now. You can't give me both. <laughs> and, and the confusing part is the, the guys rushing the passer are the same guys as last year. 
The same guys. The secondary is different because of the injuries. It's the same guys, and and I think it's you know it's I, I'm I'm not I'm alarmed. I guess I, I'm alarmed, and it has my attention that they can't get off the field on yeah, defense. It, and it has my attention too, Dan. I think I'm with you. I'm not alarmed. It has my attention. It has my attention that they come back from a bye week with this malaise and thinking that they can go in there and just you know slap it up against the Washington football team and get themselves a W. That's not how it works right. in this league. You know, and you talk about some of the injuries on defense. You know, they're very fortunate. It sounds like the Vita Vea injury is not going to be as significant as they thought. Because part of my thinking after watching this game was, okay, Vita Vea is out. Now, one of those players I just mentioned earlier that they re-signed this year, Steve McClendon, is going to have to get more reps, get more play time. They're going to have to get more out of him. He's 35 years old as a defensive lineman. Again, right. So to me, there are some issues and the tackling, I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because tackling was a real issue. You know, other than Antoine Winfield made every tackle he had to make, but there were a lot of guys right. that were, you know, were not doing their job very well. Can I switch gears real quick to the Chiefs? Yeah. Because I think as kind of like the polar opposite, I mean, two weeks ago, weren't we saying a lot of the same things like this about the Chiefs? Their defense is terrible. Their offense looks out of sync. They're not protecting Patrick Mahomes. He's trying to play hero ball. They're turning it over at alarming rate. And then this past week, their defense goes out there. I thought played one of the more physical games I've seen them play, if not the most this year. They held the Raiders to 14 points. And what looked different to you guys about the Chiefs offense <laughs> and how Patrick Mahomes was running it because yeah. he seemed to be so much more in rhythm, fluid, taking what was given. I mean, all of those kind of football catchphrases that we hear about an offense that's that, that's taking the singles rather than trying to hit triples and home runs mm -hmm. all the time. I think Patrick was obsessed with completions. And it's instead of being obsessed with making the big play, Patrick threw the ball 50 times. 44 out of the 50 times he threw the football, he, he got the ball out of his hands in one hitch or less. There you go. Meaning one, two, three, ball in, foot, back foot in the ground, ball out, or one, two, three, Hitch up, ball out. 44 out of 50 times the ball was out of his hands that efficiently. That, that tells me there was an, an intent to do that. That tells me he was purposeful in what he was doing. That tells me he trusted his eyes. And he saw everything that was happening clearly. 254 yards after the catch for Kansas City. All right, 254 yards. Now, I want to throw a little water on this. I've been critical of this offense and Patrick. Number one, trying to be, you know, two play, big playmaking focused. And mechanically, he's, he was awful in, you know, four weeks ago. He's gotten better mechanically. You could tell that that's been an emphasis. He took, he took those, those things that the Raiders defense was going to get, give to him. Now, the Raiders structurally are built to give you those throws. I mean, it's, it's cover three. They, they, they want to dare you to do that. And they're built to give you those completions and give you those completions, hope that you get impatient, let the pass rush get home. So great on Patrick for doing that. They will not have that same fairy tale against the Dallas Cowboys, okay? <laughs> that, that, that won't be their reality. So I liked that they did that. I, I, I just, uh, they're not going to see defenses constantly do that. There's a difference between playing a two-high shell and taking the check down and taking a, you know, a hitch route against cover three. You're not going to get that when you play those two-high shells that play that sticky match coverage. I'd say this about the Chiefs defense. Nice job. You played the Giants. Uh, excuse me, you played the, the Packers with Jordan Love 
uh, which is an average offense right now with Aaron Rodgers, and you played the Raiders, you know, without Henry Ruggs, and we know that situation. Yep. Right. So it, they're playing better. Let's let's see do it against the Dallas Cowboys, who, who uh, have a very good offense. Right. So they're playing better, but I also think who they played mattered a little bit. Um, I like what their offense did. That's exactly what you should do. I'm not going to celebrate the Super Bowl favorite for doing what they should do. Yeah, Dan, and that's exactly where I was going ahead is the the Chiefs won a game that they needed to win. I thought fundamentally it looked like offensively they were checking more of the boxes rather than trying to go from zero to 200 they were a little bit more intentional in what they were doing. Patrick Mahomes was a little bit more intentional in what he was doing. And then I could not ignore the fact that the Raiders, the Raiders have been a team in absolute chaos for weeks now. And at some point in time, they were not going to be able to sustain the emotional impact of all that's gone on. They've lost their head coach. They've lost multiple players right. and Henry Ruggs, the situation. And then, you know, they've had other players that, that have had legal problems here within the last couple of weeks. Yes. And to me, that takes a toll. And watching this game, I don't want to say that they looked uninspired because it wasn't that they weren't, un they just looked tired and distracted. And I think mm -hmm. good good for the Kansas City Chiefs because they did what they had to do. You know, no one feels sorry for a team when mm -hmm. they've got injuries or when they've got issues or they've got problems. You still got to go out and, you know, knock that team out and win the game. But I also think that it, some of this was the timing that the Chiefs were going to have against a team that that is really in turmoil right now. If there's a way to explain away some of what the Raiders have done on the field and obviously what they as an organization have looked like of late, uh, the Chargers don't have that same excuse, and they're an interesting team. They started off the season four and one. They have now dropped three of four. What's going wrong? Will the schedule coming up make them get right? We're going to talk about that when we come back on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Welcome back to Tape Heads. Well, a team that about a month ago we all would have said would have been right on the tip of your tongue to possibly represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. They have not looked like a Super Bowl team of late, and that is the L.A. Chargers. They've lost three of their last four. They've given up a bunch of points. Their offense does not look like the well-oiled machine they looked like through the first month of the season. After this latest loss, Brandon Staley said this. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that drive coming out of the halftime. I really felt like we were aggressive, felt like, you know, running the ball, throwing the football, staying ahead of it, um, and, you know, just felt like our guys were executing at a high level. I felt like our pace was good, and uh, I was a little surprised. You know, I just I, I felt like, again, we had, like, these, you know, these really good stretches, and then it felt like we were fighting to find it in other stretches, and so we have to go back to work and, um, you know, find that, that consistency. Uh, because, you know, when we've executed like I know we can, then we've been really tough to stop, and, and that's what we need to uh, continue to strive for. Guys, maybe it is just an execution issue. I mean, may- maybe these are all correctable errors, but this is a team that doesn't seem to be able to consistently run the ball to still help their young quarterback. I mean, Austin Eckler has been their leading rusher most of the season, and in the last month he hasn't cracked more than 66 yards in a game. What's wrong? With this group, why are they not the Chargers that we saw in the first month? Uh, well, I think defensively, well, I'll say this. I'll start with the Chargers offense. I think offensively, they're struggling in protection. You know, when teams decide to blitz, um, they are struggling with, one, their rules. They're struggling with their communication. And then they're struggling with their execution. There's a couple times uh, when they're playing the Minnesota Vikings where Minnesota, and it's not... You know, like, it's not overly exotic stuff. Like, Minnesota just places their four defensive linemen where they are. They take their Mike linebacker and put them over the center's head. Now, I don't care if you're in five-man protection or six-man protection. You're going to designate those five guys to be your five guys more often than not. Unless that that middle linebacker happens to be a defensive end. That Now we're getting into the super deep stuff. But So you go five on five, right? And then what they did, this happened three times in this game. Ball gets snapped, and the linebacker from the right side and the linebacker from the left side, both blitz. And the guy that's standing over the center head, um, he drops out. He's not a blitzer. So the center snaps the ball and he's got his eyes on that guy. And he's just kind of standing there about a yard away from him. Both linebackers, one on each side are triggering. So the back has one and he's like, okay, here comes my linebacker. And then the center's occupied by the guy that's standing over his head. And the guy on the linebacker on the other side is coming unblocked, scot-free. At some point, they've got to kick as an offensive line. Center go out, guard go out, or the back has got to go backside and the center goes, takes the other linebacker. But just a, a plan, a poor plan. This is the second week in a row blitzes have hit on a consistency throughout the game against them. So when I watch that, 
that tells me the defense has got your protection plan. Like they, they, they know how to beat your protection. They know how to attack your rules and you're struggling to one adjust to it pregame. And then obviously two just adjust in game. So I think that's really hurt their offense. I'd say this, the second thing, and this is my um, scheme wise, biggest issue with this football team. So Bobby, you know what my feelings were on Justin Herbert coming out. We did, I, I think we did an Oregon game together a couple years ago. Yeah. And I had them. said, wild talent. Yep. Somebody has to unlock his aggression. For him to go be a really good pro, if you unlock his aggression, you got a star. And I thought they did that last year with the Chargers. Pep Hamilton and Shane Steichen, I thought they did that. And that's why he was the rookie of the year. I think that the Chargers have handcuffed him a little bit this year. I think the Chargers have made him a way less of a cor aggressive quarterback. I think they've got to take the handcuffs off him. I think they got to take the handcuffs off the offense. I get Keenan Allen is phenomenal as a route runner in that eight to 10 yard space. They got to find ways to push the ball downfield. They got to find, they got a big, strong armed, crazy athletic, powerful dude that needs to push the ball downfield more. They're not doing that enough. Joe Lombardi's their offensive coordinator. He is still calling offense for Drew Brees. And he got to realize, hey, bub, like you, you got, you got a, a cannon in this dude's right arm. And I think they, they got to really address that or this offense is going to stay stagnant. Yeah, Dan, I, I want to go back to what you were talking about with their offensive line. And it, it, all the things that you mentioned, I don't disagree with, with anything. I'm going to go back to the team building aspect here and how they've built this offensive line and built – you know, some of this team, they haven't invested a whole lot of capital until this year. They drafted Slater, Rashawn Slater, the left tackle in the first round at a Northwestern. But if you look at the rest of the offensive line, the other four fifths, you're looking at a group of players that are, you know, they're, they're average to above average NFL starting offensive linemen. You know, Matt Filer out of Bloomsburg was a rookie free agent. We know Corey Lindsay. Uh, Lindsley was uh, was an unrestricted free agent, had some juice. You know, Brendan James, Storm Norton. These are guys, you know, that were, two of them were college free agents, another fifth round pick. I think if you've got a quarterback like Justin Herbert and a running back like Austin Eckler, you need to go in and make sure that you're putting an equal investment into your offensive line. I understand you only have so many picks, but they need to spend some time in making sure that this offensive line is going to be a good offensive line. And right now, it's just a very average offensive line. And to allow the kind of route combinations, Dan, that you want to have, and Scott, like when you're looking schematically at saying, all right, we got Justin Herbert. He's got a howitzer attached to his right shoulder. Yeah. But in order for him to push the ball down the field, I've got to provide the ability for guys to run 25-yard pass routes plus, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that takes time, yeah. right? Like, Scott, like when, when you're putting together an offensive line, you're going to be sitting there thinking, boys, we need to block all this up for a long time compared to the way other teams might have to block up schematically to play within six to eight yards of the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah, but there's ways that you do that. 
You, you, like, I, we're not talking about the Chargers. And Scott, you correct me if I'm wrong. We're not talking about the, the Chargers offensive line like they're the Jets offensive right. line. No, 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 no. They're, they're not uh, bad. Uh, yeah. Average. I right. thought we were going to make it all the way through the whole week without hitting me yeah. with that. There you go. Um, Jeez. You know, so we're not talking like they're a bad unit. But, but, and there's so, so you could take a, a unit that's capable and go, all right, like I watch it all the time with teams. The New Orleans Saints are one of them. I watch it with the... You know, New England Patriots. I watch it with the San Francisco 49ers. I watch it with teams that go, okay, w- w- we want to take our shot here. Hey, we got to we gotta do something with a play-action pass or a bootleg. Two different things. Play-action pass, quarterback sets up in the pocket. Bootleg, quarterback can set up or keep on the run outside of the pocket. So you can commit more numbers to doing that. The Green Bay Packers do this a ton as well. You can commit more numbers to your protection, knowing you're trying to get chunk throws or shot throws now shot throws are balls that we're, we're taking a home run here we're, we're going to take our swing and try to take a a 50 yard throw here plus chunk throws are those plays that hey we're trying to get this 20 yard deep cross or this 20 yard in breaker or this 20 yard deep out or you know comeback and so there's ways where you go protection first and then get into your pass concept rather than, hey, you know, we're just going to try to heave a go ball in empty protection. Or so, you know, there's ways where you go, okay, our offensive line is, is, is good. How do we make sure that we afford the protection to really create these chunk throws? And I just think that they got to use, if I was them, I would be calling chunk play action pass almost every other first or second down situation. Like if I got a first down in rhythm, in my possession, I'm calling a chunk play action pass. Or if I got to second and two or second and three, I'm calling a chunk play action shot because I feel one, my quarterback's really good on third and two or three. Keenan Allen's really good on third and two or three. Well, so is Mike Williams. So I just think philosophically, I've yet said that word a lot. <laughs> I, I think like they're 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 just their overall, you know, belief that they got to really try to push the ball down. Socrates, listen, I agree with you on the boot. That was a little joke, Dan. (laughs) So (laughs) great. There you go. In addition to the boots and the play action, we talked about this on Tuesday, the New England Patriots. Screens, draws, and chips. There's ways to help your average or above average offensive line or your good offensive line be even better. And right now, again, what I wasn't saying this is a bad offensive line. To, to your point, Dan, you, you're right. They're, they're average. And you've got a rookie left tackle. So use chips, use screens, use draws, things that will put the defensive line and the pass rush off balance. It will cause them to pause to get that split second that you talk about often, Dan, that split, you know, that nanosecond for the quarterback to get another step and get the ball downfield. Yeah. And to keep in mind as well for the Chargers, eight games left, six of those eight games, they will be decidedly the better team. Right? They still have to go to Cincinnati. That might be a wash. That's a, That's a tough place, obviously, to go and play. And they have Kansas City at home um, on a Thursday night. But their other six opponents are two against Denver. They've got the Steelers coming up this Sunday night. They've got the Giants. They've got Houston. They've got the Raiders on the last game of the season. I mean, out of those eight games, they are going to be, I think, a, a pretty decent favorite to win six of them. So they got plenty of time to get right. Yeah. We will see if they can. Now, another team, we've been wondering, we haven't talked a lot about the Eagles this Who? year, but they are a team to me that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of lurked beneath the surface, but they are an interesting team to talk about. We're going to talk about them when we come back because they struggled early. They're looking for answers from Jalen Hurts. 
Have they found those answers against the Broncos this week and going forward? That, when we come back on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Back on tape heads, week 11 on deck. We've got Thursday night football, obviously, with the Patriots back in action as they take on the Atlanta Falcons. But, guys, a team that we haven't talked a lot about, as I said a moment ago this year, the Eagles. Now, look, I don't know how much you can take away from a win against the Denver Broncos, but with Jalen Hurts making some of the really heads-up hustle plays that he made, is he coming into his own as a quarterback? Are they starting to get more comfortable around him? And, Scott, the team that they've built, you know, is it going to be good enough maybe to surprise? Because they're one of those teams that right now is in position. If they can find a couple maybe second half of the season unlikely wins, we could be talking about an Eagles playoff team. It yeah, is possible. I, I'm going to slow the roll a little bit. I think that they are an improved team. I think they're improving as this season goes on. And I like what we saw this past week out of Jalen Hurts. But again, I, I want to slow the roll on this a little bit because they've got so many players, in my opinion, that are still developing. You know, I loved in, you talk about team building in terms of Devontae Smith, seeing him arrive this past weekend and as the season's gone on, seeing Landon Dickerson, who was one of my favorite players in the in the draft. You know, the the emergence of Jordan Mailata at left tackle. 
I like what they have going on. And but I also I, I think one of the things we have to be careful about sometimes is when when teams start to have a little bit of success, we create these unrealistic expectations. They are a very average football team that have, you know, they, they have some good players. But again, I just want to slow the roll here just a little bit. Water on that one, Bobby. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. I'll slow the roll on the defense. I think the defense is is very average, very average, and they give up way too many easy completions. Um, I, I want to specifically talk about Jalen Hurts. And there's one play in this football game for me that was kind of like this, okay, really awesome play. I'm super intrigued by Jalen Hurts because the number one thing we're going to talk about with Jalen Hurts that we've talked about all offseason was – can he develop as a passer and is he going to prove to be their kind of quarterback of the future? We know that their general manager, Howie Roseman wants to be a big game hunter with the quarterback, right? Um, first quarter, it's 529. The ball is on the left hash. They're in a three by one set, meaning trips are to the field. They got a backside receiver singled up and it's third and eleven. This is probably one of my favorite Jalen Hurts' plays of all time as a pro, okay? So they're going to get robber or thief coverage. It's, it's really thief. The backside safety, they show too high, Denver does. At the cover, at the ball getting snapped, the coverage spins. The safety to the field kind of spins back to the near the middle of the field. Safety from the boundary drops. They get five-man pressure, all right? So first of all, outstanding job by the interior of that offensive line picking it up. So Jalen goes one, two, three, four, five, in his drop. He's got a comeback on that single receiver to the left versus man coverage. And then he's got Dallas Goddard on a deep cross starting on the right side of the field, crossing all the way over versus man coverage. And the back sits down over the ball. Number one, comeback. Number two, deep cross. Number three, back over the ball versus that single high coverage. Jalen goes one, two, three, four, five. As he hits his back foot, he's got a little bit of pressure over that left tackle, right? So you got to climb the pocket in that moment. He does a really nice job of climbing in the pocket. As he's climbing in the pocket, there's a little bit of leakage in the interior of that offensive line, that five-man pressure, right? So he's got to turn his shoulders and kind of move vertical and horizontal in the pocket, right? He's got to pull up and move horizontal. He's got to do a good job of scraping the ball across his chest because that internal pressure to protect the, the value of the football, protect it in that moment. So he's doing all this simultaneously. Climb up, climb over, scrape the ball. So now I want everyone to understand his shoulders are parallel to the line of scrimmage, right? Because of the way he's got to go in his pocket movement. And you can see as he's just doing this pocket movement, he peeks to the comeback to left. Comeback does not win. Now, this has got to happen in this, this, I'm doing this in 90 seconds, right? He's going to do this in like 1.8, okay? So he does this pocket climb, peeks to the comeback on the left, and then you could see his head go left to right. There's Goddard who snaps away in man coverage on that deep cross. Now he is all in one move, got to flip his hips and his shoulders to get them back to perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, to get in throwing position, to make a good throw on to get to his guy on the move in man coverage. And he does all this, climb the pocket, move horizontal in the pocket, flip my, get my shoulders turned, see the comeback. It's not there. Get my eyes backside to the deep cross, flip my hips and my shoulders ball out on time. It is put on Dallas Goddard's face for a conversion. And in that moment, I said, that's progress. Can you be a pocket quarterback? Yup. 
Like you're showing me you're, you're starting to do it. This was not an easy throw. This was not easy pocket movement. I'm telling you guys, if this was Aaron, if this was Patrick, if this was Tom, if this was some of those guys that are established, Lamar, the NFL world, oh my gosh, what a great play. But it's, since it's Jalen Hurts, we're like, man, that was a really big and pivotal play for me. I don't think that they're a playoff team, Bob. I don't because of their defense, but I think they're running the ball fantastic. I, I think they're, they're, I, identity and commitment to that has been really good. I love their three by O formation, but that one play, I just went on a four minute tangent on it. That one play was just a really, really cool play for me. That, but that's this podcast, right? Yeah. You're supposed to go on a four minute tangent on one play. Like that's why we're nerds. But, and I love listening to every second of it. I want to get Scott's take, but real quick, let me tell you why you're wrong. Why? If they beat the, if they beat the saints this week, they'll shocking, be in the playoffs. Shocking. Here. If they okay. beat the saints this week, I'm picking the Eagles to go to the playoffs. I don't know if you've taken a gander at their schedule. If they beat now the Saints are five and four. Right. They are one of the teams that's just the Eagles have six wins, about six losses. So they are, you know, right on. They're a, they're a half game behind out of the loss column uh, behind the teams that are in those last wild card spots. Okay. All right, Bob. If, All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Good, uh, you want to interrupt me? For, you, no, no, I'm I'm following up. That was a okay. follow up. This take is take a the notes. If they beat the Saints this week, their next six weeks. Yeah. They have a bye week in the middle of five games against no one but the two New York teams and the Washington football team. They play the Jets. They play the Giants twice. They play Washington twice before they finish out with the Cowboys the last weekend of the season. I'm telling you, if they beat the Saints this week, they've got five games coming up against three teams none of which right now are better than three and six. And I'm not sure if any of us are surprised that those three teams have those records. Yeah, I got so, nine minimum 10 losses, but go ahead, Scott. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. There it is. No, I'm I, just I, about to crawl back into my hole here. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> I just want to talk about the four wins that they do have. Opener against the Falcons. The Panthers, midseason now. All right. The Lions. And I get it. They beat the Broncos, but I'm not sure what the Broncos are. I don't yeah. think anyone is. When they've played good teams, they've lost to the Chargers, the Raiders, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the 49ers early on when we were still trying to figure out what what they were. I um I think the schedule is in their favor, but again, how I, I just don't know how good this overall football team is. And and Dan talks about their defense. I, I don't disagree. And there's, you know, we've got a rookie head coach who who, who I'm a fan of of Nick and I just, um, I don't know. I think there's a, the one thing they have in their favor right now is the schedule. That's today. But as this, as we know, as we get week to week in the NFL, people love to predict and project what the schedule is and against their team and strength of schedule, um, which I know you're not doing here at all, Bob, but it, I, I always <laughs> shake my head when we talk about strength of schedule at the beginning of the year when the schedule comes out and we're basing things based on what a team was this season before. I'm not sure right. where the relevance is. And the other thing is what can happen any week and every week in this league is people get hurt. And um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm, again, I'm not saying no, Bob. I'm just slowing the roll, brother. Well, Bob, Bob, I, I, you know, I'm with you, Scott. You're pulling me in a little here though, Bob, because, okay, <laughs> the five teams that we feel good about right now in the NFC playoff picture are Dallas, the Rams, Arizona, Green Bay, and Tampa, right? I feel yep. good about saying those five. So we got two more spots. And 
those two spots are going to be up to Carolina. They'll be up to San Francisco. They'll be up to um, Atlanta. They'll be so those are three teams. Minnesota, that, Minnesota, four that's teams team that's that they, right there as well. They got to go be better then, and and so while. Do they? Well, yeah, but they, you know, there's, there's two, there's only two spots for at least those four teams. Now, I, I will it. say oh, this. Well, here, let me, let me just say this as, yeah. before you continue. I bet if I take a look at Carolina, Minnesota, San Francisco, Atlanta, New Orleans, all of those teams that the Eagles will be maybe in the mix for for one of those wild card spots. Yes. I would be stunned if any of those teams had a schedule that's that right now looks as easy as the Eagles schedule for the last eight weeks of the season. Yeah. I would be stunned. Yeah. The, the only thing that uh, I'll give you, I think the Eagles run game like it, that I always look at what, what a team can do. Okay. Rather than maybe the schedule, so to speak, like I believe in the Eagles run game and I think Jalen's getting better. I, I believe in Kyle Shanahan as a coach. They looked a lot better here the other night. Um, Atlanta and their use of Cordero Patterson. Well, I'll give you Atlanta and, and, and Philly are probably a wash for me. I'd probably take Philly over them. Minnesota, I think the ability to run the football, I think their defense is better than people think. Carolina's defense. I, I, I'm I, not totally like, Bob, you're nuts. I just think that, you know, they're, <laughs> like you they're, usually are. Yeah, they're in a group of teams that I don't know if they're going to be good enough because the flaws of their defense. Well, it's the best time of year to talk about these teams because now we are second half of the season, home stretch, and now we get games every weekend that have huge playoff implications. And certainly Saints-Eagles this weekend is one of those games that has big-time wild-card race implications in the NFC. And when we come back next week, we'll be looking at some of the other games that also have major implications, like Packers-Vikings, like Steelers-Chargers, and a big matchup between the Cowboys and the Chiefs. We'd love it if you could hit us up on social media. We also obviously want you to download, rate, and subscribe. We will be back when a new episode drops on Tuesday. Thanks for being a tape hit. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.